Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. My name is Jarrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash 440. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram just to get updates on the episodes coming out. And we do have 440guitarpodcast.com, which is our website. Feel free to check that out. You get the opportunity to find some background on myself, uh, the uh, origin story of the podcast, and then you have uh, the opportunity to one support support the podcast if you if you if would like to do that. Be be uh, that would be awesome. And then also you have the opportunity to send me a message. If you have any questions on, you know, uh, being a guest or anything else, I'd be more than happy to get back to you. Uh, so for today, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm speaking with a, a couple of the band members from this awesome band that's uh, out in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, they have four studio albums uh, currently out, and they have their latest single that's titled Born to Lose. Uh, without further ado, we have Banana Gun. Uh, we have the uh, violinist and keyboard uh, player, uh, Kevin Wiscom. Kevin, how are you doing? Doing all right. Thanks for having us. Of course, of course, my pleasure. And then we have Nick De- uh, Dehan, uh, who does guitar for uh, one of the guitar players for Bana- uh, Banana Gun. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing well. Good, good. So uh, it seems like the chapter. It seems like the these past. It's funny. I've done about 17 episodes during quarantine, right? All, all online. <laughs> with a bunch of guests and uh, i didn't know i would be asking the same question because quarantine has been happening for such a long time but just because that's the current theme that seems to be this year uh how are you guys handling uh being quarantined uh, during these times ah just trying to make it through it it's been kind of rough i think the mm. thing when everything locked down at the end of or the beginning of march i think we all were anticipating maybe four weeks worth of just slowing down and taking for you know being able or trying not to take for granted the time that we had just to not do anything. But then now Mm. four months in, you know, the it's lost its luster for sure. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. How, how's it been for you, for you, Kevin? Oh, about the same. I, I, I try to stay busy, but working from home mostly. And, uh, you know, it gives an opportunity to focus on, on music and, you know, just, just trying to keep our heads up and, uh, you know, it's like everything changes on a week by week and day by day basis. So, you know, just hanging in there and hoping for the best long term. Yeah, that's true. How is it for you guys um, focusing on music during quarantine? Because it's funny, like I, I play guitar and, and you know make music as well. But I feel like for some reason, this is probably just me, but recording and, and trying to work on music during quarantine, it's a lot more challenging than I thought. Like, because <laughs> usually I always complain about like, man, I wish I had time where I could just make music yeah. and then I have time to make music. And I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not inspired. <laughs> How is it for, for you guys? Is it yeah. pretty, pretty easy flowing or? Well, I being one of the, the one of the songwriters in the band, you mm-hmm. know, when this initially started happening. I, I was really inspired and I had some time off and was doing a lot of just some my simple demos by myself. Um, mm-hmm. Then we actually as a band moved into a larger rehearsal space about the middle of May, early May. And we have all of our gear set up now. Everything's really tuned in and dialed in. So hmm. we've been just really kind of working through our back catalog, trying to come up with different ways to play some of the songs that we've had uh, in different ways. And then with Kevin being more of our, our, our newest member, just trying to get him up to speed on some of the back catalog of the 10 years of, of music that we've been making as Banana Gun. 
Yeah. Wow. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. So on the 440 Guitar Podcast, uh, we're really big on the origin story, uh, finding out how people got to where they are today. Um, so without further ado, you know, what is your guys's and whoever can start first, uh, what are your guys's earliest memories of music? Go for Nick. <laughs> my, I mean, my first memories of music, I mean, some of the best are jumping over my parents' couch, listening to Thriller over and over oh, nice. with my brothers and sisters. <laughs> and we would have little dance parties. We were all really close in age. So we, hmm. you know, growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, that was pretty, uh, you know, that was a lot of what we did. I, uh, my parents were really heavy into classical music. So hmm. we as kids were always pushed into picking up an instrument. And uh, I gravitated towards the cello um, and wound up actually getting really deep into cello and going to school for it. But that, I mean, having that kind of basis in, in music and not only hearing things like a lot of classical music, um, but also that pop music like Madonna and Prince and stuff growing up uh, was, mm. was great. I just, I just know that music played such a crucial role in not just me growing up, but also in how I kind of approached um, things in real life because having that skill to be able to, to not just listen to music, but also then to play it myself um, gave me a really unique perspective. I think that when I wanted to, when I was growing up in that awkward kind of, you know, high school phase, being able to express mm -hmm. myself in a way because I had that, that skill um, was just something I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Kevin? Yeah. So uh, similar, but maybe some differences here from, from Nick, uh, I mean, earliest memories of music, uh, Saturdays with mom having the Carpenters album on, cleaning the house, that kind of stuff. Uh, but really kind of came into my own with, with music uh, because I, I, I don't really have a, a musical upbringing, so to speak. No one in my family had a musical bone in their body like Nick's does. So it, it was more, you know, I, I gravitated towards orchestra as well. Grew up playing uh, the viola in, in school and kind of picked up violin for bluegrass and fiddling type music uh, mm. a little bit later on. But then, you know, in high school, it was, you know, all my friends playing rock music and uh, guitar and like all the fun stuff that I couldn't really do as, <laughs> as an orchestral student. And yeah. there really wasn't a whole lot out there for, you know, somebody, somebody like me. You had bands like, you know, flogging molly or yellow card you know and and just kind of figuring out what you, what my flavor is what i would kind of bring to the table and you know in in the last 10 years it's really kind of catapulted i've played with a handful of different bands and you know a couple of years ago uh got got hooked up with these guys and uh played a couple of songs on on their last album and we just kind of hit it off with a really good friendship and some things opened up for me and it just kind of, it, it, it really worked out well to kind of slide in place with, with my new banana gun family. Yeah. So. Nice. Nice. Great. Um, and then as far as uh, the guitar, Nick, when did, when did you first get a, when, when did you have your first experience like learning guitar and playing guitar? When did that happen for you? Um, so my grandfather had this in their house. He had this old custom hummingbird guitar, acoustic guitar, but it was hung up on a wall. And I just remember being starting cello and being like, oh, I'm familiar with strings. And 
my grandmother had a piano that I would take around with. And then one night when we were there, they lived a couple states away. We were there over for over Christmas. I just took it down off the wall and I started tinkering around with it. And I actually started to figure out how to play. Um, it was a song by Soundgarden. I forget what it was called, but I was like, holy shit, I can actually play the stuff man radio <laughs> no it was a song off of singles chris oh, okay um I, I can't remember the name of the song now to save my save my life but um but it was an acoustic song and i was just messing around with the tuning and i was like okay i can do this and oh this isn't too hard and then some mm-hmm. buddies of mine back home we're all getting into things like like the no alternative soundtrack had just come out um mm. or that that compilation Smashing Pumpkins were huge, and Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and while they were busy trying to learn that stuff, like I was over here. Oh, I just figured out how to play Layla, <laughs> <by Eric Clapton. laughs> and they're like, nice. they're like, what the f? Like seriously? <laughs> and it's just because I had that that training playing the cello, like I could play strings already. I didn't. I had calluses. Mm. I was I was able to just kind of tick around and figure things out. And at that point, I was just hooked, and I was like, "All right, now I just got to find an instrument so I can be a part of a band." So I started playing bass, just mm. because everyone played guitar, like the like yeah. the Radiohead song. Everyone can play guitar, <laughs> so I needed to find a way into a band, and so I picked up the bass. Um, yeah, that's how I kind of met the other guys in the band. Nice, yeah. nice. And then, and then you, Kevin. I know you. You know you're you're multi instrumentalist um, as well. Uh, learn. When did you learn? Did you learn keyboard after viola? I did. Yeah, I. I, you know, I'd always curse my mom saying, you know, you never made me take piano lessons like my sisters did. And, you know, they, they never really kept it up, but I could have done really well with that. I, um, mm. I, I did pick that up uh, a little bit later. I, I started uh, tinkering with a, with a piano uh, uh, for a few hours every day uh, a few years back and then uh, actually ended up getting myself a job at a, uh, organ and keyboard store and oh. doing sales on that. So, you know, I, <laughs> I ended up getting good enough to at least know how to work, work an organ and, you know, mm-hmm. figure out what the features were to, to sell the thing and <laughs> you know, kept on, uh, kept it up. And, you know, we were, uh, one of the last times that we were hanging out before it was official that I was in this band, I think it was Ian, our, our drummer, mm-hmm. uh, we were kind of having a little jam session and, you know, I was playing around on on a keyboard, and he goes, "Well, if you play violin and piano, you might as well just be in our band." So come on. <laughs> yep. Nice. And then just to talk about, uh, I would like to talk about the origin of how you guys uh, got together. Like, how did that? How did that uh, happen? As far as you guys getting together? Um, yeah. So the drummer and the bass player and I um, went. We're, we were. We grew up together, but kind of mm-hmm. both, like we grew up adjacent because mm-hmm. they went to a different high school than I did. But as what happens in small towns, there's a small little clique of musicians and people that play instruments. And so you always wind up, you know, at the same parties or whatever. So I really I had seen Ian and Ross. Ross is the bass player. Ian's the drummer. I had seen their band play. They used to do these really cool DIY punk shows. Hmm. run out this hall by the beach. We lived in Lake, by Lake Michigan and there would be at least 500 to 600 high school kids there. And everyone knew that when they were throwing an event, you had to be there. And I saw their band play and I was just blown away. I was like, Oh my God, if there's one thing I want to do with the rest of my life is to jam like that because it was just magical. Um, a couple months later, 
uh, I got invited to try out for their band, but I didn't have a guitar because I was playing bass at the time. So I borrowed a friend's guitar to play through my bass amp mm. at an audition. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> long story short, um, this was years ago. Um, we've played in bands together since we were in high school, off and on. Um, this last band, Banana Gun, kind of came about when our old band, Fat Rabbit, fell apart after a tour. We had been on tour for a couple months up and down the West Coast, and the promoter had been stealing money from us, which we didn't know. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and then he had a he had a nervous breakdown and, and got on a train and left for San Francisco while we were still in Phoenix. <laughs> oh my god! He he took all of our gear. And oh my god! We had a huge backline with lots of with the truck. We were doing USO shows too for like mm. certain military installations. Mm. But anyway, so. We were left in Phoenix and we were like, do we want to go back to Michigan? And we were like, no, the weather out here is really nice. Let's just uh, camp out here and see what happens. Hmm. Um, then I, about a year later, we that band fizzled just because we were, you know, just a lot of shady stuff. And yeah, um, we had met Kevin, the lead singer and guitar player through a band that we were playing with when we were playing Stolen Fat Rabbit, but playing shows out here hmm. and his ability on the guitar, his songwriting his the, his approach to music was just you know i think ian and ross and i were just like if we were ever to you know to break up fat rabbit we would want to try to get kevin lloyd to be in our band mm. and it just wound, so wound up happening that when we broke up his band broke up and oh, i wow. called him that night and i was like hey dude do you want to want to try some different kind of music because his band was super super heavy 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 rock oh wow um, our band was more in that Fat Rabbit was more heavy too, but we had always tinkered with more Americana, more stuff. He used to, Kevin Lloyd is starting to play banjo and we had, we're like, Hey, let's just try some of this shit out. And mm. so that's kind of how Banana Gun got started is just trying to play some really different music than what we had been doing in our separate bands. Mm. And wow. it's kind of crazy how it's coalesced now into now being still kind of RB and hard rock. <laughs> like, yeah. Can't take it out. <laughs> Take the boys out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wanted to dig into kind of your guys' sound. Um, but for, firstly, when did Kevin, when did you when did you uh start playing in the band? So I was featured on a couple of songs, uh the last album, mm -hmm. uh Dance Monkey Down in Fo Town. Mm -hmm. Uh I, I think we did uh, two, I was on two tunes there. And then just like in this last year, so really, really recent. Um, but yeah, this, this latest EP was kind of my first real studio experience with these guys. Mm. And I mean, to date, I think, I think I've maybe done uh, half dozen gigs or so with them. So it's still pretty fresh, obviously with uh, quarantine going on, there's not a whole lot of gigging, but like Nick was saying, we, we get, our rehearsal time in and you know i have i, I essentially have 10 years of music to catch up on yeah. with these guys so that's that's kind of my my main uh that's my everest right yeah, now <laughs> man man yeah it's you know it's um listening to your guys's band i mean there's it's it's fun i love the description that you guys have for like what the what the band sound is like and talk about how it's you know how it's a uh, you know, uh, blues, jammy, eclectic, and then jazzy. And then you say, you know, we all know jazzy is a, a catch all musical term too many music critics use when yeah. they don't know how to describe a band. 
but but there's i mean you really feel that when or just hear that you know like i'm just as far as a bunch of different you know influence doing some punk funk folk like yeah and then having saxophone in i mean was this a sound i'm assuming this was just kind of a sound that was you know it just kind of happened or created like what was was there any type of conversation on what type of music you guys wanted to make and then it kind of evolved into different genres yeah i mean i think when we first got together when our our both of our bands fell apart we were just looking to do something completely different than what we were doing in our in the respective bands and so mm-hmm. we took it as an opportunity to we put out a craigslist ad for horn players we wanted a full horn section and we did for a couple months when we first started. Um, but then as we were writing and realizing, you know, having an eight piece band, how unwieldy it is, we, Kyle, our sax player was pretty much the last person standing and mm-hmm. her ability to have a great background voice. And she knows her way around her instrument and music in, in general mean meant that we were speaking the same language in a lot of cases. So she stuck, um, yeah and, and now you know adding wiscom just gives us that extra layer but our music we we all have very varied tastes we love a lot mm. of different kinds of music and i don't think that we've ever been a band that was like hey i want something to sound like this i think what happens just naturally is your influences start to come out through the music so i mean i wouldn't say i mean I wouldn't say we're trying to be super derivative or anything, but uh, I think we know what we like, what it sounds like. I think we definitely share music back and forth with each other and say, hey, this is really cool. And I think it influences how we how we approach music. But mm-hmm. we will first and o- for foremost always be a guitar rock band for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Kevin and I, the way we play together and, you know, just jamming for as long as we have, you know, it's fairly easy for us to communicate back and forth with guitars. So. Mm. Nice. How do you guys write music? Um, you know, is it is it kind of a gumbo thing where each person kind of recommends, uh, you know, hey, what if we did this here? Or is it is it like a round robin where you'll have various band members that have a very specific idea for a song? Um, it's, it can be a combination of both. Uh, mm. Kevin, Kevin Lloyd, the lead singer, and I are, are I would say, the primary songwriters. Um mm. I will generally come in with something kind of fully realized and then the band will take it and, and roll, you know, with their respective parts or what they think should be a part. And um, a lot of times it's a lot of finger pointing and going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of communication of like, hey, I specifically wanted to sound like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just, we, I think we all trust each other enough. But honestly, a lot of the times, a lot of our songs come out of just jam sessions like a warm-up jam mm. you know we'll come in and be like wow that hits really well what if we try adding this kevin's really great at at um coming in coming in like really spontaneously with things that just are mm. maybe a, a verse chorus and then ian and ross with a lot of their experience arranging tunes and stuff will we'll then take it from there so yeah it's a combo nice, nice. Very cool. Very cool. And then for you, Kevin, uh, Wiscom, the other Kevin, um, as far as for your, like, you know, talking about you going through this catalog of years and years of, of music, um, and then your contribution to the songs. I mean, how is, how has that experience been? I, I never asked you actually how that experience was, you know, given that you're 
you know, catching up on, on this music that, you know, you'll end up playing, you know, when pre quarantine or just, you know, playing live, like, is, is that, is that a challenging, is it, is that a pretty challenging thing to, to do just, you know, is that a pretty challenging thing to do? So the hardest thing about that, I think, in, in my opinion, is is trying to come into something that's already been fully realized. Mm. And, you know, you have a studio track of it and it's like, OK, this is what it was intended to be. Now, now I need to see if there's any room to, to add something else. Right. Fortunately, um, one thing that, that we didn't m- mention, Nick is also uh, a very good piano player as well. So there's uh, a handful of songs that uh, you'll hear on the back catalog that have uh, some stage piano uh, or organ type tones going on. So for those songs, it, it's it's a lot easier. It moves a lot quicker. Um, you know, in some of the some of the other songs that don't have that, it, it can get a little bit more uh, tricky mm. trying to navigate that. A lot of uh, Banana Guns sound is stacking layers. So because we have those tonalities of the saxophone and, you know, organ and, you know, big guitar sections, it, it in a lot of cases, it my go to is okay, well, where can I add in harmony to, to this and complement something that, you know, Kyle, our sax player, um, or, or Nick or Kevin, you know, one of the other guitarists are, are already doing mm. and just thicken things up and just make it really, really big and epic and awesome. Um, with the newer material, it, there's, you know, I'm more involved in the songwriting process, so it's definitely um, easier to kind of hop on that train as it's, uh, coming together versus, uh, you know, the fully assembled <laughs> band and, and hopping in. So you're, you're right. That, that, that to me is definitely a challenging part is, you know, where do I get in and how can I make it tasteful uh, for a band that, you know, is, is as awesome and established like, like been happy, so, Kevin, you're awesome. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I wanted to talk about um, uh, specifically some of the songs you guys have made uh, and, and starting with uh, Born to Lose, which I really like. Um, it reminds me of a mix of, I don't know why, but like you 2 and Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Kind of like, I love yeah. it. Cool. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I was just like, okay, I like this. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the process of making that one. Well, obviously, Kevin, I'll take this because we were I was there for the, the writing of it. <laughs> yes, go right ahead, buddy. <laughs> um, so Born to Lose has been, I think, in seven different versions of the song. I mean, mm. not even just arrangement-wise, but just in how it was. I mean, it's literally D major and B minor back and forth, right? And we we've always loved giving every song something that you can dance to. I think that there's one thing that we want to make sure that we do with our music is not make it so serious to where it's like too heady, but it's always got a a good beat to it. Mm. So we've tinkered around because it's the verse and the choruses. There's not really a solid chorus or a solid verse. So we had worked it up into a space where we thought, hey, these are kind of cool verse, chorus, verse plays where there's a lift in the song. There's some heavier parts. There's a place for Kyle, the the sax and and Kevin to do a dual guitar lead thing. And I was like, ah, we need a bridge. So we threw in a bridge and 
we had it worked out pretty well. And then we went into the studio in the flying blanket and Bob Hogue, the producer, he's, I mean, the one reason we loved going there is because not only does he get a great freaking snare sound, but he's also really good at telling bands when their songs suck or when they need to change. Mm. And so we sat down and listened to the demos and, and Bob, Bob, I don't know if you remember this, Kevin, but Bob was like, ah, the song's like, reminds me of walking into a party. And he's like, you know, you kind of want to hang back, hang back, hang back and wait till it's your turn to tell a joke. So I want that <laughs> to be that time where, you know, so the song was really different before we came in and did the actual recording that you'll hear. Hmm. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say it was really different. All the pieces were there. They were just assembled a lot differently. And Bob really gave a lot of the you know, kind of the, the stops and starts that made it really impactful. I think they give it a lot of oomph. Um, yeah, I mean, that song. Kevin's lyric, I mean, Kevin will come in with a lyric and it's just like, you know, the irony in it and the the wordplay is just so cool and unique. And Ian and Ross having that solid, you know, four on the floor beat just it was undeniable. So we just worked it up as best we could, got Bob's expert hands on it and turned it into Born to Lose. Very cool. Kevin, are there, uh, what, what songs from banana gun that you like to play to, or that are some of your personal favorites? Yeah. I'm curious to hear this. Oh man. You better not get You're like none of them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess it up. I like playing quite a bit. Of it, it, so there's uh, and Nick will have to help me out here because I, it, I know songs mm. and I'm terrible with song titles. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's there's one um, that we just uh, it, it, we recently went back on. It's a uh, it's one of their older tunes, and and Nick came to the to the group with uh, a really cool alternative way of executing it, mm. and we all kind of you know took our turns giving input and adding adding parts to it. Mm. Um, what's the name of that song, Nick? <laughs> It's technically called Don't Get Yourself Upset. Mm. Yes, that's the one. That's my favorite <laughs> song right there. Um, what are some songs for you, uh, Nick, that are maybe like, just like some of your favorites or just like the most like personal to you that you, that you've made or that you worked on, of course, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so there are songs that I've written that have, Mm. that we've played on. Um, there's a song called with love off of dance monkey, uh, that we did. Kevin actually has a really great kind of bluegrass uh, violin fiddle part to it. Uh, that one's near and dear to my heart. I've had that song forever. Wrong banner fall like I fell in love with you. Burn down the road with no place to go. 
But I think songs off of like from the earlier days too, like a song like Punk Funk. I remember when that song came together. It came together in ten minutes. It's oh wow, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very simple song, you know, EGA. But then it's got a kind of a funky little interlude part. But just in those moments, being with the guys and, and the gal, and you're just jamming on something, and you can feel it, and everything comes together. It coalesces into something that is great. I mean, that song is a set staple. We cannot play out in Phoenix and not play that song. I think our fans would be like, okay, great show, but where was punk funk? It's it's a crowd pleaser. I mean, people dance to it like crazy. It's got the right, you know, the right beat and hook to it. But I think that song to me, I think is the quintessential banana gun. Yeah, I mean, just to get just to compliment you guys. I mean, your guys' sound is so good. Like, I feel like it, there's just really tight pockets that you guys play. When you guys play, everybody really compliments each other. Like, especially with like the rhythm section, and then like hearing the uh, hearing like the the saxophone or having like the viol- like a violin come in and keys, just yeah. everything. It's it's like compact, but it's just it's just a really tight like sound. Like, sounds you know- really really great so i don't want to interrupt you on that but sure i i honestly think that a lot of that has to do with a lot of the sacrifices that band members or good bands will personally sacrifice their ego in Mm. sake of serving someone else like you know how you two you know adam and everyone and like they just have that great connection right yeah, and I know Ian and Ross are like the best friends and, you know, I'm obviously very close to them myself, but we've been through a lot of shit together and we've had the opportunity to, to, to walk away from playing music together, but we've always worked really hard to be able to play together. And I think that when you talk about like finding a pocket, like there's a lot of work that went into that. There's a lot of sacrifice that those guys have made to be able to get into that kind of framework and i think that mm. you saying that i i really appreciate you saying that and, and it, it's it i totally hear that myself too i'm sometimes just take a step back and like oh my god these guys are amazing i'm so lucky to be able to be playing music with them yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah it, it definitely it definitely shows you know in the music um I think if I were to pick one of the songs that uh, I think the first song I, pl- I played when I discovered you guys, I think it was got time um, <laughs> on the love instinct. I was yeah. like, Oh, I like this <laughs> <laughs> really like, just really like the, really like the, especially just, especially how the song starts. I was like, Oh man, I really dig this. You know? So I was Whoa. like, I need to, I need to, I need to rec- I need to, you know, talk to some of my, my, uh, my friends about about you guys so that uh, that song it started out with me just jamming with ian and ross uh, and then kevin was sleeping in the corner woke up and started <laughs> singing on it and that's the song it's it's oh wow it's crazy yeah that one that's crazy <laughs> dang that's funny yeah man um 
I wanted to ask you guys what what's some uh, what's some new music that you guys have been listening to um, today during these times, like new music that you guys have discovered that you like. Whiskey, get us started. <laughs> oh man, new music. <clears throat> so let's see, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> I I'm a creature of habit, mm. man, but. Uh, I mean, if I'm going to be a hundred percent honest and Nick's going to fry me for this one, but, uh, so I don't know if you guys know this, but on Disney plus, oh yeah, they, they, they've recently put Hamilton and I like, especially this, this last weekend, like I just can't turn that crap off, man. And, and I mean, maybe this is me being like the orchestra nerd mm. here because I, I, mean, I played in the pit orchestra and everything. I, I do have a soft spot for musicals, mm. but I hadn't heard any of that before. And it's just, it's just genius. I love it. But <laughs> you know, but as as far as uh, uh, you know, other artists mm. uh, listening to a lot of uh, Jason Isbell lately, mm. uh, I like a lot of. Uh, post-rock ambient instrumental stuff mm. so bands like uh album leaf or explosions in the sky ah, that's, i love them that's kind of my my go-to yeah. um but yeah that's hamilton <laughs> huge endorsement very cool yeah very kevin cool. was singing it to us all weekend long <laughs> <laughs> it's just really solid song right yeah you guys don't understand yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of musicals, so I could definitely attest to that. <laughs> all right, I spent like being in a pit orchestra, so I know them all. <laughs> all right, yeah. I would say, I think one of the best records that's come out is a live record by Sylvanesso. I don't mm. know if you're familiar with them. They're kind mm. of a, a pop rock duo out of North Carolina. They mm. uh, they just recently went on tour with a full band to to. Sh- to basically play their all of their back catalog but with a full band that's really great um nice. i love i love spoon i know they just came out with a nice. uh, greatest hits but that song no bullet spent is just off the charts good um also the new nathaniel rate lift too i don't know if it's familiar, sounds familiar sounds familiar yeah he's in a band well they he does a thing called nathaniel rate lift in the night sweats it's kind of like a throwback, kind of Tom Petty-ish kind of vibe. But his new record's just really bare and soul-crushing. It's just really good. Mm. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Do you guys have any any uh, music that's like a guilty pleasure that you'll listen to? <laughs> or it's kind of like... Oh man! Like a song, like a song that you, a song that you that you wouldn't want to like audibly say, "Oh yeah, I love this person." That's <laughs> That's great. Um, so you're not going to get a Nickelback moment out of me, but <laughs> so me, my partner and I, we do back before quarantine. We used to go to a lot of spin classes, mm. and they are heavy with the EDM. And there are some mm. really great EDM tracks that will get you hyped up. So yeah, even though I, I try not to, our Ross, our bass player, hates anything with a DJ in it. So oh really? <laughs> I, I do think there's some there's some good stuff out there, EDM mm-hmm. wise, but that would be nice. my guilty pleasure. Nice, nice. What about you, Kevin? Hamilton. <laughs> uh, but no, I. Who I played? 
I, I really, you know, I talking about guilty pleasures. I really wish Kevin Lloyd was, was on this because that guy is, is the guy to ask that yeah. question to. And he can, he can take, you know, some of these, uh, different, uh, pop songs and, and types of tunes that you wouldn't really expect to come out of a guy like mm-hmm. him. And he, he puts his own spin on it. And it's just, it's really, really awesome when, when that happens. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of my guilty pleasure is playing guilty pleasure music with Kevin. Yes. Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very nice. That's funny. Um, how do you guys feel that you guys have evolved as a band, you know, playing this music that you guys have worked on for, you know, well over 10 years and, you know, the point that you guys are at now working on, you know, new music, how do you guys feel that you've evolved uh, as a band? That's a really great question. Um, I think that as we've gotten older and we've, you know, we've started to make, roots i guess you would say with families and kids and still playing out i think that um we've become way more intentional at every practice and every rehearsal and in the past where it used to just kind of be a three musketeers kind of one for all and all for one kind of thing i think we're all very more calculated and measured but Mm -hmm. i think that we know now where each of us where our strong suit is or where our our comfort zone is Mm -hmm. so as an evolution, I think we're really trying to branch out to getting more to getting more experimental in some ways, because now we can actually do that because we're not playing shows anyway. Um, but um, I think being way more concise with songwriting than what we used to in the past. Yeah, we used to have seven seven minute songs. You know, like no one wants to hear that. <laughs> except the weirdo of myself I, I, right. I, I, <laughs> don't get me wrong i do love tool but yeah. <laughs> i don't know if we're in that that i mean we used to be that way we used to like oh everything as loud as you can yeah. as hard as you can and everything as loud as you can do this and but i think that we i think i think what you if you as you evolve you kind of like less is more yeah that's probably i think what i would say it's true that's true. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of cases that I think where that is true. I mean, for I know for me, I'm a big Mars Volta fan. You oh, know, yeah. and like like Francis the Mute is one of my favorite albums, and each song is six, seven, ten minutes. <laughs> well, those guys earned it, man. That is yeah. a great record, and yeah, I aspire to have that kind of creativity and that license to be able to play like that. Mm-hmm. I think that we we just want to write. I think we in the past used to feel like we could do shit like that, but mm-hmm. I think we we're more leaning towards like solid song structure, somewhat formulaic, but with mm-hmm. a little bit of banana gun flair in there. Very nice. Very nice. Um one 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 question that I feel it's a question that I I didn't want to ask too early on, but how did how did the, the, the name Banana Gun uh come to be? Like how did that how did how did you guys all come come to that realization as far as like let's call ourselves banana gun how did that happen okay um so i worked this customer service job years ago and i have a great friend that i used to work with and with our band was just getting together and we were batting around a lot of different names one of them being viking funeral which i'm glad Mm. we didn't go with but (laughs) very different sound um but she was looking at me i'm like hey i can't 
you know, we need to come up with a band name. And she picked up a banana on her desk and she pointed at me. She goes, good luck. And she I was like, oh, my God, banana gun. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that might not be bad. So I threw it out to the guys at, and they were like, I think we had a show with the Sugar Thieves in a couple of weeks. Mm. We had to have something. So they were like, you know, it's not terrible. It's not, you know, it doesn't have a lot of connotation. So we went with it. And then I think it kind of fits with what our band was, at least in the early days, which was really just anything goes. It's party. It's somewhat, somewhat sexual, somewhat mm. not, somewhat... <laughs> aggressive with the gun aspect to it um and now we just can't shake it so yeah <laughs> very cool yeah it's funny uh that's a great story i'm glad I'm glad, he, I'm glad he shared that because yeah. you know that yeah i, I yeah I, it's 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 listening to listen to your guys catalog it's definitely um yeah, it's it, it's to what you said it definitely makes sense it's like yeah it's kind of it's kind of whatever it wants to be, you know, like you don't think of a certain genre when you, when you think of, uh, you know, banana gun. So very cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, tell me, so as far as, so we have, you know, we have born to born to lose that, you know, great song. Is there any new, um, you know, any other music that's coming out that maybe we can look forward to or whatnot? Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. So we, we got another single, uh, coming out here on the 17th and uh i think you're, i think this podcast will have aired by mm. that point so check out get <laughs> it that's our latest single that's out we also um we will also have our pre-order for the ep up and going on the uh, band's website uh so we'll have we'll have some new merch and uh uh, pre-order for for vinyl for the for the new album yeah get it and then uh in the next oh i want to say we haven't had a solid date for it yet but uh probably 10 to 12 weeks out uh the ep mm. rules will be out in its entirety um so there's a couple more songs on that yeah. in addition to the two singles um really excited for forget it in the music video a really good friend of ours uh who plays in a awesome uh psychedelic rock band called the woodworks mm. uh he's the drummer his name's stan he's been his quarantine game has been uh animation rotoscoping and you know figuring out a lot of stuff as far as uh you know com computer animation and graphics and he he kind of took it on himself as a project to put together some ideas for a uh, song of ours. And, you know, we, we, we kind of went back and forth on a handful of ideas and he was throwing things out to us. And um, the end result is going to be our, our new music video, forget it, which uh, yeah. I think is pretty awesome. But it has, it has that kind of like dancey swanky vibe, which really fits the, the song, but it's also quite a, a psychedelic rock adventure too. So pretty cool. Kind of different yeah. for this band. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, I, I really appreciate you guys being on the show. It's been really cool talking to you guys. So thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Nick. Yeah, no, thanks for having us, man. It's yeah, fun. Of course. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Darrell Powell from the 440 Guitar Podcast. We'll jam again soon and have a good day. <laughs>